Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for uh, things coming to an end. You know, the the, the end of, of this sophomore season of Strange New Worlds, my dear friends, Commander Eric and Commander Dave. We're just going to keep the promotion, David. It, it just, it seems right. Sweet. Yeah, cool. So no longer do you have to worry about being, you know, the ensign, first officer, first of your name, et cetera, et cetera. You can just be straight up commander now. I don't know. It sounds kind of boring. Look, in a in a world full of shows with a plethora of lieutenants or lieutenants, it's okay to have a plethora of commanders. Just saying. Right? Lieutenants? No? <clears throat> okay. I never understood that pronunciation. No, I'm not a left tenant. Just like Alec- I'm a right tenant. I'm a David tenant. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, do you ever listen to them say the word ma'am? It sounds like they're saying mom. Like, why are mom. they calling her mom? Yeah, I guess mom. Like, that's not how ma'am sounds at all. Here we are insulting the way people pronounce things. We're off to a great start, everyone. Great start. Great start. I, I was not insulting. Well, what I you... was just commenting. Don't it's don't fine. don't hit me with that. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. No. Anyway. Okay. Good How have thing. you two been? It's a good thing neither of us are none of us are uh, like English teachers or professors. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a professor. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, man. We are. This is like professional podcasting right here. Professional podcasting. What have you guys been up to? Anything cool happen? Anything fun, exciting, joyful, et cetera, et cetera, happen and stuff? Nah, it's kind of a down, down week. <laughs> Nothing crazy here. Got all the crazy out last week. Okay, I I mean, I had a chance to to record with with our mutual friend Lisa not too long ago on her show. I love that movie. We talked okay. about Contact, the nineteen ninety seven movie with Jodie Foster, sci fi space adventure movie. I can do. <clears throat> which I love. I love that movie. Hence why I was on. I love that pod movie. I see we're doing some cross <laughs> pollinization right now. Okay, I like it. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a good think, talk. Go listen to it. Go watch the movie too. I'm gonna have to watch it before I listen to it. Okay, have you seen it? I've not seen it. And if, I think if I have, not all the way. I've seen like parts of it, but it's been a long time. Fair. I know you. I know Eric. I know. No, it's fair. But yeah, it's it's been a it's been a little while since I've since I've seen it. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, but <clears throat> um, one thing I want to take the take just a moment to uh, mention to everyone out in Listenerland is. Um, you know, we ha- here in a, um, a couple weeks from the time of this recording, we're going to have the next season of um, 
Star Trek Lower Decks that's going to be dropping on September 7th, I believe, unless they have a surprise premiere like a week early or something like that. Um, the plan is for us on sept- Friday, September 8th, we're going to have our um, our annual uh, award show, the TRTV Awards. So make sure that you um, like us on Facebook because uh, we will be streaming it there on Twitch and potentially on um, X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, so make sure you're following, in a, following us on all the things and um, that you check us out there. We'll have, uh, we have details um, on the socials that's slowly populating, but um, see the results of like, you know, biggest WTF moment or, um, you know, best uh, legacy character moment or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, we have a lot of categories and uh, we tend to, I like to think we have some fun um, doing it and kind of talking about even some of the surprise that we have with some of the winners at times. So I know we've had some major upsets uh, on the award show in the past. So we have, um, I think, mainly four shows this year that are the contenders, um, Lower Decks, Prodigy, Picard, and um, Strange New World. So we'll see who ends up um, in the lead for most um, V'gers this year. So I don't know, anything else you all want to add? No? No. Okay. Cool. Well, do y'all want to just go ahead and jump right in and talk, Trek? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, everyone. Well, welcome to um, to the show, and welcome to the season finale of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's episode 10 from season 2, Hegemony. So we have the Gorn again, guys. We have the Gorn again. Um, we knew that the Gorn were coming back, and this is the episode by um, Power of Deduction, right? Uh, power of Elimination. The Gorn are back in this episode. I mean, they're called the Gorn Hegemony in future episodes of, you know, a variety of Star Trek shows. And um, anyway. Yeah, they were hinted at in the premiere, right? At the very they were. end. We had the little tease, like, they crossed the line, and we kind of thought, hey, maybe they were going to mention it a little bit in, like, a few episodes along the way to, to build us to this, but nope, nope, it was just that one little thing at the end of the first episode, and now we get this. That's right, that's right. And, um, you know, after our, like, the, the clips that seem to matter in terms of framing this episode... Uh, we start out kind of um, in a slightly different kind of way, right? Like instead of having like a captain's log or a somebody's log, you know, from the Enterprise. Um, instead, we ha- we actually have a captain's log, but it's from uh, Captain Marie Battelle. And um, Stardate 2344.2. Um, and they are doing um, a-, a mission um, out in uh, Parnassus Beta, I believe is what it was called. And um, you can totally tell this was, like, shot on the back lot. I mean, the founders designed this town, this planet, this whatever, on the small town model of the old Midwestern United States. Really? Yeah, did did they run out of budget here? (laughs) That is oddly specific. I mean, listen, the... the 
if I, you listen to I'm listening to the the Delta Flyers podcast with Tom and Harry, which they just finished, by the way. Wow, three and a half years of re- however long it was of recapping Voyager episodes, but they were like every single time he went into a cave, we used the same cave set. Literally, it didn't matter what what it was. They used the same cave set. Every time they needed some outdoor rocks, Vasquez rocks. Don't act like reusing sets is like anything <laughs> new here. Like, save some money, just recycle them. But yeah, totally, totally the back lot. It's totally the back lot, yeah. <laughs> I, I was listening to um, uh, one of these other like talking heads that I enjoy listening to talk about Star Trek stuff and one of their comments was like this look, just look look totally like hill valley from back to the future and i'm like i can kind of see that actually <laughs> i don't know uh, if, but anyway, if, if you look really close though there there are some signs of not even being like a complete like a complete set either if you really like mm-hmm. stare off into the distance a little bit too much yeah yeah So we're there, um, and we're we're doing some stuff, right? Like we have like these nice sweeping shots of stuff um, there to help, you know, stabilize some things such as you know like agricultural stuff and um, you know necessary like medical things like vaccinations, providing these inoculations and stuff. So we're doing good, and um, for some reason, <clears throat> you know, our nurse Christine Chapel is there um, hanging out. And um, uh, actually, part of it, I think, is she's actually hitching a ride on the way to her fellowship with the Cayuga, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're just having a good old time, and we do the last of it. And um, Marie beams back up to the Cayuga, and um, we get a little little quick call before things start to change between, you know, Pike and, and um, Battelle, and they're just kind of talking and Pike saying, I miss you. How you doing? Yes. What's up, boo? Classic old person behavior. I'm going to call you on the iPad. <laughs> Instead of sending a text, right? Yeah. HBU, question mark. Um, so, yeah, like there's there's stuff going on, and Pike's like chiming in. He's like, and Patel's like, you know, I do this for a living. I kind of know what I'm doing. And, um, just as they're having a very um, close to a touching moment, the signal drops, and like we're starting to fig- like scan and see what's going on. And this random ensign checks, and nothing's working. And then out of nowhere, clouds. Uh, we see like the shuttlecraft come in, coming in hot and crash. And then we see a giant Gorn um, ship, uh, presumably a hunter ship, because that's what the other one is. That we're going to hear about later this giant gorn ship coming in over hill valley and um, things are about to get real hot real quick did i miss anything guys no okay um so yeah we um we do the thing we um we do the Well, you have the distress call that goes out. That's right. That's right. Um, So, yeah, we're back on the Enterprise, and 
Uh, we're, we hear uh, Uhura is picking up on this distress call. There we go. Thank you, David. Um, and it's put on speakers, and Pike is, you know, naturally quite taken aback by it, like he was just talking to her. And, you know, the Gorn have attacked Parnassus, Beta, anyone that's available, help us out, please. And um, <clears throat> um, at this point, it's a matter of, um, you know, Ortegas, get us there as quick as you can. Get me, um, Ahura, get me a line with um, Admiral April. Um, let's see what happens. And April's not too keen on um, doing anything um, because it's technically not um, our problem, basically. We're there kind of providing help, but it's not... Um, in our legal jurisdiction. Yeah, it's not a Starfleet world, right? We're right. We're just kind of helping them out, but the Gorn didn't attack Starfleet, so, like, we can't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Pike's like, I'm not leaving our people behind. Yeah. Was anyone kind of, like, um, maybe not taken aback, but, like, did look maybe a little bit of a, a head tilt whenever you heard um, Pike say they're monsters? And then April say, monsters um, is a word to describe those who don't understand us. And then Pike says, sometimes a monster is just a monster. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just being colored by his experiences, the two episodes he's experienced that go on last season, um, where they basically just attacked for seemingly no reason. But it does kind of seem out of character for, you know, like Pike to, to not be open-minded and to just be so closed off, but who knows? Maybe that's the influence of Laan rubbing off on him. Yeah, I mean, they were basically using people as breeding sacks. So when you have somebody who is specifically close to that, and then you also see, you know, how bad they can potentially be in quotations, then yeah, that that might tend to color your opinion just a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, April is, I think, saying the right things, like, I need to make sure that, you know, you're, you're not going to, like, let this, you know, um, override you, not, you're not going to take this, you know, um, out of, make, make this go out of hand, basically. He's saying the diplomatic things. I don't want to say that, I, I would, I would really like to not call that the right thing. The right diplomatic thing, how about that? Because if you're saying... Uh, well, we can't, we, we probably shouldn't really help these people because they're not like Federation. It's like, oh, wow, so now they're just not Federation enough for you. Which is, you know, something that in Discovery, as we go to the future, we kind of have some problems with that because we're not necessarily yeah. helping people anymore. Yeah. And uh, after our little phone call ends, we come out of warp. And there's like debris everywhere. The Cayuga is blown to smithereens. Saucer section is just decimated. And, um, yeah, pretty bad. <clears throat> yeah, you know what's weird is we're on these bridge scenes, and like, why is Una sitting in the navigator seat? Right? You, like, 
Next Where's to Mitchell? Pilot. Yeah, where was Mitchell? She's there on the bridge. Yeah, she, she's she's there. off to the side. Like it doesn't make any sense. It was just a little weird to me. No, I, I want to know more about Mitchell. She's literally on the bridge, just not in her seat. Well, I, I mean, like, no it, I, I think I think it's a symptom of this bridge, this this style bridge, though, right? Because like in Enterprise or in um, TNG, you have two chairs next to the captain, you know, for your first officer, and then usually Counselor Troy or you know Crusher or something. But in this, it's like the captain sitting alone, and I, I mean, Kirk's first officer, you know, you know, Spock, and Spock's on the science station, but like. What is a Hura or a, a Una like? Her, her. What's her specialty? You know. So there's nowhere for her to necessarily just post up at at all times necessarily. But it, it's it is kind of weird. It's kind of like, oh yeah, there is another cast mate here. Come on, like put, get get him out there. See everybody. Like what was um, like the cage and like menagerie and stuff in like those like flashbacks right that we do see uh una we see number one sitting at the navigator station don't we in like some of those moments i think i don't remember anyway so we get there and we see that the the Gorn have put up some scattering field or something. We can't we can't beam down. We can't scan down. We can't scan. We can't communicate with the surface because the Gorn have this. It's a standard tactic we learned from Alon that they that they do this in situations. Yep. Yep. And then we so, also have our our, our self imposed line in the sand that somehow was sent to Starfleet and then we just all agreed to it. Yeah. I, I the, the one thing I, I know it was just like a, a quick little line, but I really like the line that Pike gives uh, when we come out of like our opening credits, uh, opening titles and everything. And that is uh, no assumptions here, right? Spock scanned for life signs. We don't know what happened to that crew. Um, I, I just like that. I just like that, you know, that we're not jumping to conclusions. We're not being, we're not allowing our emotions to drive us and, and, you know, make us react. We're, we're responding, right? We're not reacting, which, which I like. So I feel like we're getting like some of that good leadership that we've known, um, Captain Pike to, to demonstrate in, right. in my opinion. And we have yeah. our, we have our meeting our our briefing where yeah. I'm not leaving our people behind. We got to figure out a way to get down there. I'm mm -hmm. going to cross this line, but I can't order any of you to come with me. Right. I want volunteers and I want, I want you Dr. Mbenga cause you're a doctor and might be people in danger. And maybe you got a little bit more of that space math with you. A little, <laughs> little of that juice, man. Bring that juice with you. <laughs> And like, hey, we're gonna. Um, and then he's like, and then for some reason, Sam Kirk comes in. He's like, hey, I'm just gonna interrupt well, the senior briefing, right? I'm not a senior officer, but I'm just gonna interrupt this briefing. That made no sense to me. He said, bridge crew, ready room, 
now. Yeah, but he's he's and then like he's like your he's like your actual science guy though, and he's like, he's a, oh, I'm gonna science team. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm I'm gonna uh, uh, I'll I'll study them, so we can kill them better. Betterer, betterer. And then hey. I don't know what I don't remember what the code number was, but special code for the Gorn killing equipment. <laughs> Let's beam that in. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh dang, phasers better adapted to to, to yeah. different calibrations to kill them, and then there's like some nitrogen. They're gonna free. They can freeze them. It's like deadly to lizards. Yeah. Deadly to everything. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> Did they actually cool use toys. those grenades at all? No, they did not. I was about to they say. didn't use the grenades at all. They didn't even use them at all, did they? <laughs> oh, well, this is great on cold-blooded. It's deadly for everyone. And they never used Sorry, it. Can you speak up? I couldn't hear you. What? It's it's deadly for everyone. Okay, got it. Thank you. <sighs> yeah. So we're we have we're trying again. So we've we've talked about it we're trying to figure out how to get down there and uh we've talked about our special you know borg i mean gorn killing weapons or what they can't, plot, they can't plot a course the canceling shot around the moon or the planet right nothing where they won't be seen commander what's what's that what's stuff that right stuff? there <laughs> what's that stuff right there this is our it looks like debris moment. i fly the ship i discover space junk I will be the. I am one with the space junk. I am one with the space junk. Hey, you wanted to come on an away mission. You, yeah, oh, you've yeah. been asking I, me for months. <laughs> Why have I been asking you? So yeah, Ortegas has this like really smart idea. Yes, I have. Of like, um, oh, yeah. like we're gonna. Um, she's gonna be the pilot. She's going to you know, fly the ship because that's what she does. Um gonna match velocity of all this debris and they we're going also, to like, basically code it in like they put like debris yeah. and junk all over the sh the shuttle too mm-hmm which I didn't mind so are, are, are the, away, like, mean, the rest of the garbage so like the the Gorn made this like crazy field thing that completely dampens scanners and transporters you can't do anything with it but their scanners are so bad that they can't notice this this ship at all. Well, if it I mean, granted, maybe the, it turns its engines off and it floats away like the rest of the garbage right before it goes to light speed. Yeah, but like if we're getting like super technical <laughs> about it, you just list lazily to the left. That that's how you do that. But no, I mean it's like it's picking up more velocity. Like it, it's not just floating just, in space. That's just, gra that's just gravity pulling it in, pulling okay. in the junk. I I don't know. I just I kind of figure if you're gonna make this whole big, you know, dampening tower that you could at least have some sensors that would notice. Oh, what's that? Roughly the size of a Starfleet shuttlecraft plummeting towards the planet. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Maybe I'm like either overthinking this or I'm not thinking about it enough. It's one of the two, probably. But you know, like how they have like this dampening field, like you know the the communications, the scanners, all the things that you can't do or whatever. So it's like this way it don't work, but this way it do, because like we're oh, like it it we were able to like do some communication stuff back this way. So like 
what makes the left side of communications work and the right side doesn't? I mean, a frequency is a frequency is a frequency, as far as I'm concerned. My apologies for thinking, gentlemen. <laughs> All right, anyway, so we do we're the super G dive and pull up really late. We almost America. get everyone to pass out. You were born for this. Weren't you a test pilot? <laughs> yeah. Back when I was a young whippersnapper before I had this great hair. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah, we, we do the thing. We about crash, um, but we don't. And uh, we end up down there, and we're scanning for life forms, precious little life forms. How are you? Where are you? Type of thing. And... Um, it seems like it got dark really quick, by the way. Just me? I mean, it took a while with no engines to fly through all that debris. It wasn't just it a was quick like, little jaunt. It was daytime. It was daytime when they were out in forest land. I mean, maybe they park like 20 miles away. Yeah, you know? like in the one episode, they park like <laughs> many kilometers 12 kilometers. Away. Many kilometers. Was it 20, 20 kilometers? 12 kilometers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. But we are back up well, on the ship, and Spock is she's looking for a hole in the interference field, some way to penetrate it, some way to scan down there. And who are and who are, Numera Una? Una. She's like, I know you're worried about Christine. Don't give up on her. We're not giving up on her. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you. I would never, I would never have you give up on hope. By the way, Spock. Right, and there, what, what he's also doing is he's searching for like air pockets or something on the Cayuga. The Cayuga, yeah. Maybe there's survivors over there, and maybe Christine's there, and they get like a big picture. Or it rotates back into view so they can see it, and it's like devastation. Yeah, so it's, it's they specifically is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're we're pretty gutted by that, thinking, you know, by all accounts, based on the evidence that we have, Chapel's gone, yo. But you know what? I'm here to tell you and all those in Listenerland, she's not gone. I mean, she survived she's in the original until series. Star Trek the motion picture. I don't think we ever hear from her after that. <laughs> that she becomes an md so she's okay she's okay she's okay it's just a funny funny character to do that with it's like way to build suspense oh wait we already know what happens yeah that's of course you could say the same thing about pike too pike's essentially bulletproof until he gets to his moment so Mm -hmm. yep yep um, There's another character that's bulletproof too, and that's Doctor Mbenga. Because we yeah. know he's in two episodes of the original series. Right. Mm-hmm. Spock too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. There's, there, that's Uhura. Uhura. Yeah. And there's Uhura and another character. Yeah. yeah. 
few others. Just, you know, yeah. Una, you know. Una is not bulletproof at this point. We know nothing about what happens to Una. Well, didn't didn't future Boimler say, oh, you're like the face of Starfleet? Yeah, well, she could have already done that with her Ad Aspera. Okay, that's fair. Ad Astra. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while we're while Spock's doing his thing, we uh, we got to meet back up with our uh, away team with our landing party, and um, there's a there's something going on. Um, we're we're looking and something just doesn't look native, and uh, Laon's like, "That's a gun, baby, yeah." And uh, there was something that was pretty similar looking to what was on this. Uh, Gorn breeding planet or breeding nursery thing, basically, and uh, we should probably move up. And um, anyway, there's uh, we we eventually get this scan that there's um, there's a bad guy, there's a bogey, there's a Gorn, there's something that's about to come at us. So um, let's be careful. Let's uh, let let the shoosting begin. We shoost it, and then we go and we barricade ourselves in like a hardware store or, or something. Because there's more coming. They they kill the one, yeah. and they detect there's incoming bogeys, multiple. In this case, there cannot only be one. Highlander, anyone? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so there were um, apparently we find out like at this point that there were about. 5,000 people on this like colony, this town, this place that we're in. And uh, we're just, you know, everyone's like just deserted. Like there was like some kind of um, stand that took place and that there was like carnage and stuff that happened. But we don't know how many lives were actually lost. But um, La'an is very much glass half empty in this case, uh, thinking that everyone was taken. Um, that did not, everyone didn't make it, basically. Um, and that the townsfolk had to have fought back in some form or fashion. And, yeah, so we're, we're going to keep on moseying around, seeing what's up, and um, seeing and trying to find survivors at this point, right? Trying to find townsfolk from um, this Midwestern Parnassus Beta place, um, as well as any Cayuga um, survivors as well, especially Captain Battelle. Um, so we're... Yeah, but also at the same moment, like these these incoming bogey baby Gorn, that we learned they're baby Gorn, and Lon's like, they're not acting like the Gorn that I knew before. Like, something is different here, and Pike's like, well, hey... You know, that's something that we don't know about them, right? And that's the whole point of being out here on our mission is to meet people. And maybe instead of trying to fight them, we could try to reach them. So, he, like, in this moment, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be that, you know, to meet new civilizations. But just before, earlier in this episode, he was like, maybe they're just monsters. Like, what, what changed his mind over the course of this episode? to get to that point. I don't know. I like the I like the idea like maybe we can try to reach them, but it mm-hmm. it just is off with the way he acted earlier. Mhm. Mhm. 
yeah. And I think in um in a somewhat short order we're gonna learn certainly more about what is maybe a little bit different, or at least start to understand what's a little bit different. Um so let's see where are we at. Then we detect we detect human life signs, right? So we're we're following it again, trying to see if it leads us to um, any um, was it any of the Cayuga folks, any of the townspeople, and um, um, also some of this re- reassurance that you know we haven't found Marie yet. Um, by the way, she's tough. She'll she'll be fine, type of thing. Um, and Laan makes this comment that whoever they are, whoever these folks are, they aren't being careful enough um, in this situation. And um, wrong. <laughs> and wrong. <again. laughs> Hey, what'd you walk into my trap for? You're not a garden. <laughs> you shouldn't have walked into my garden trap then. <laughs> we detected humans in here. You were trying to rescue them. Yeah, the humans you detect in that wee box right there? Programmed to send out auditory and pheromonal life signs at regular intervals. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls of all ages, I present to you Lieutenant Junior Grade you, Montgomery you, Scott. Lieutenant Junior Grade? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Because he just says Lieutenant, and I can't tell the insignia. I still can't. Fa- I, we don't look at He's, them enough to tell. <laughs> he straight up said Lieutenant Junior Grade. Did he? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I missed it when he said that. Scotty! Yeah. We got Scotty back, right. yo. Is this going to be the thing, like, series, the season one finale, we introduce new Kirk. Season two finale, we introduce new Scotty. Season three finale, we're going to introduce new Sulu. Like, is that, oh, is that what we're going to do? Yeah, let's keep it going. I mean, that's I'm just that's waiting for McCoy, left, Leonard right? H. What? No, we need, we oh, need we Leonard need McCoy. Yeah, Bones. Yeah. But Bone should be on the Farragut with Kirk right now. Okay, so what do we think or about very, very soon. Scotty here? I mean, yeah, he, do you, do you, he's not. Do you want my honest on, answer or the yeah. answer I'm supposed to give? I, I want to hear your honest truth. I'm, I'm mixed on this. Um, this is the year 2259. Uh, by all accounts. Scotty was born in 2222. So he should be 37-ish years old. 36, 37 years old in this episode. And it's in 2264 that he's supposed to take over as chief engineer, as a lieutenant commander, mm-hmm. by the way, of the now. Enterprise. Five years from now. Five years from now. He's a, I mean, crazier things have happened we saw Jordy go from like basically a cadet to freaking commander in very short I know from season I'm one being ridiculous three. yeah yeah crazier things have happened but want to me he looks way too young to be a 37 year old I mean the dude looks like he's in like his yeah he's in his early 20s. mid 20s <laughs> yeah 
Um, and like, so there's, there's that, like, it's just not adding up for me and just knowing where he has to be by 2264 as Lieutenant commander and, you know, that, well, it, uh, uh, like 42 years old by that point. We also know that like the enterprise was the first ship that Scotty was ever the chief engineer of, <laughs> right? So when you become the chief engineer of the enterprise, like one of two things can happen, right? You're either the chief engineer of some other ship and you've been there for a while and now you get promoted and transferred to this ship or you have to have been on the enterprise for a while, right? So it makes sense like and then you've been on the enterprise for a while and now you're promoted, right? Like that guy who took over for Trip, right? In Enterprise season 4, right? You're on there and you're like one of the top guys and then the chief engineer goes on and you step up. So if you're going to become the chief engineer of the Enterprise and you were not the chief engineer of a previous ship, you better have been on the Enterprise for a while. So, like, it makes sense for him to be there for, like, five years prior before he becomes chief engineer. So, like, introducing him into the show now at this time makes sense to me. But you're right, this character looks way too young. Yeah, young, but, I mean... If if I take the youth out of it, I don't have a problem with this guy's portrayal. He is Scottish, by the way. Yeah, he's really so yeah. you actually have a Scottish actor playing a Scottish character instead of a Canadian running through. And no offense, but it is what it is. He was acting, but yeah. you know, I, I I I actually you know I didn't dislike the portrayal at, at, at all. But, yeah, I mean, I share some of the sentiment there. Scotty was obviously older than some of his contemporaries on that crew. It just, it's the way it felt at the time. And, uh, yeah, but, I mean, I think they could have done a lot worse. What what I hope to happen with Scotty, and I, I'm, I'm with David on this, like, I don't personally have an issue with um, the guy that's playing Scotty right now. I enjoyed his performance. It's just the age thing right now is just kind of throwing things off. Um, what I would like to see is if they do keep him around, because like the Star Diver, which is the ship that the research vessel he was part of, boom, like it's not there anymore, ostensibly. So I would personally like for him to, you know, maybe be like some kind of like engineering crew member. Maybe he's like a shift leader or something on the enterprise promote him to full lieutenant and i think the the journey from where he is now to chief engineer is made a little bit more plausible on my end well and not to jump ahead but i don't think this is like a huge thing but he was one of pelia's students mm-hmm. so there's that sort of you know in quotations relationship there as well so maybe, you know, she kind of like takes him under his wing or under her wing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a comment like after we uh, after he officially introduces himself and I just I cracked up like the two times whenever I watched this episode. Um, Captain Pike of the USS Enterprise is Lieutenant uh, Noonien Singh, Dr. Mbenga, Lieutenant Ortegas and Lieutenant Kirk. And he says, that's a lot of lieutenants. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what we've all been saying. Lieutenants everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, right, there'll be a quiz. Don't worry, be a quiz. Um, so I don't, know. Eric. Did you want to say anything else about Scotty being uh, no, being back? No, no. I, I just, you know, this is a big moment, right? We got the Kirk introduction. We got the Scotty introduction. We're getting the we're getting the band together here, right? Even though, like, I don't really need the band together because I know they're together in the future. I don't need to see the days where they're like working. They're just learning their instruments and they're working with other bands and other people before they meet up with each other and become famous. I don't need that. I I yeah. can see them as the fully formed big stage act. Yep, you can see the undiscovered country already. Okay. <laughs> All right. So So Scotty knows where the people are hiding. Yep. And he um, he, he does and he also talks about being able to hide in plain sight too and uh, that he um just, you know, <laughs> I jury rigged the engines to increase their capacity. No big deal. I mean, come on now. I'm a miracle worker. Duh. Um and so, yeah, he he takes us to where the survivors are, and a certain Marie Battelle, Captain Marie Battelle, is there. Yay. She survived. Oh, yay. But Sorry. why did you come for me, Chris? Girl, you, you knew I was coming for you. Don't you dare act like... Like, I wasn't going to be here. You didn't know it. You hung well, up first on off, me. <laughs> you you kind of had this thing called a distress call. <laughs> asking for help. I know, right? That's <laughs> why I'm here, lady. <laughs> Let's just be real. I'm here because you asked me to be. Okay. Okay. Good talk, everyone. Good talk. Oh. <sighs> All really, right, well. Really, girl, you knew he was coming. Don't try to act like you didn't. <laughs> Enterprise in orbit. We can get you out of here, but the transporters don't work yet. And uh, we can get some people out on the shuttle um, as long as you don't get blown up first. And um, this is where we learn something kind of interesting, both about like what Scotty was doing and a little bit about the Gorn 2 and some tech stuff that we can kind of do to maybe manipulate some things. So we know the Star Diver was doing some um, stuff on a, um, what was it called, CME, Coronal Mass Ejection? Is that what it stands for? Yes. I got it right. Yeah. And um, so like this solar flare, but a whole heck of a lot more violent, more or less. And basically, the, I think the general gist is that the Gorn don't like light. Is that what it is? They're attracted to it like an They're insect. Okay. okay, so so they do like it. And um, so we need to basically figure out how to create this like giant bright light, basically, and use it against them. Well, did, didn't Scotty say something about like shooting out flares or some something like that, and whatever the frequency was, it was like distracting to them, and which is potentially why they're here in this particular 
you know vicinity of this planet so we're starting to build the story of like oh they might not have just like randomly or planned attack you know set a planned attack on this planet might have been nothing to do with the federation at all it might have just been they're a moth to a flame So, with this, Scotty basically has figured out, like, you know, this is how they kind of communicate with each other, and I built this, you know, transponder real quick, like, lickety-split, no big deal. Um, And, you know, of course he can build another one as long as he has the right parts, which he doesn't. So, um, that's awesome. And... Yeah, Eric, you're gonna say something? No. Oh, okay. Um, so, Doctor Mbenga, um, right? Is this where we're at, Doctor Mbenga? He's trying to patch some folks up. Mm-hmm. Uh, dermal regenerator. Him and Eric are kind of having like a moment, talking about Christine, wondering about her, because yeah. um, she's dead, by all accounts. Or is she? Yeah, and then we go back up to the ship, and and Una's like, this red alert can't get any more redder, but at least they're staying to their side of the line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then here comes Uhura and Pelia. They've kind of figured out not, like, how to block the transmission or get through it, but they know the source of it, right? The source Mm -hmm. is coming from the planet, right? And... Maybe we can do something to take it out. This is where we come right. up with our idea of dropping some debris on it. And the only piece of debris that's big enough is the saucer section of the Cayuga. We're going to so I, subtly push it out of orbit and down into the gravity well. And we can we can do some calculations. We're smart enough. We got computers. We can we can get it to 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 circle and spin and hit the right spot. That's not an issue. It it's really is. Big, big game of frisbee golf. Uh, it's or, it's called orbital mechanics. Like I mean, you know, it's kind of like just tossing a frisbee. I mean, it is a saucer section, which is round. You know, it's just you're just it's chucking called, it. So at, at called, a spot, it's fine. It's called orbital mechanics, so- David, <laughs> and it's a serious branch of science. Ooh, is it? Yes. Is it a serious? How serious? Does Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about it? Yes. Okay, then it's Have you serious. Seen it's serious. His, his Space Time Odyssey. Oh boy. Okay, so serious question. Um, we know that they're that we're doing like, you know, inoculations and, you know, agricultural stuff, but what is the extent of our relationship with these people? Like the Parnassus Beta people. I mean, we didn't really establish if they're, you know, if they're just not humans that happen to colonize here, or if they're some other species or something like that. So, so this is where I'm going with this, guys. So, I'm not going to say they they ripped it off because I'm I'm not going to say that. But we have the saucer section of a starship that we're about to, on purpose, have it crash land on this 
slightly more primitive planet. And I'm just wondering, like, what the implications are, even if it is, like, on this, like, remote, well-removed side of the planet. I mean, My thought was that it was primitive by design, though, and in quotations primitive. The, 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 the culture of that, it was all their design, unless I got that wrong. Because they had tech down there, so it's not like they were worried about contaminating anything. But are they, in fact humans like our humans i don't know if that was established or because not. if it is like then like prime directive is like a moot point but like if we're like depending on like where their development is like yes i know we have like the advanced medicine like you know exchange stuff we have like the agricultural you know farming type mm-hmm. stuff that's taking place but like what what does it mean? Like, where are we in the development of this particular society, of this particular planet, colony, whatever well, we want to call it? They clearly have thing. warp drive, or else we wouldn't be talking to them. Yeah. But that's uh, why I'm asking if they're human. Yeah, but on the on the other hand, they just saw a massive ship come in. I mean, literally in atmosphere. So what the hell does it matter? You know, I mean, it, it, at that point, it's like, yeah, just chuck the saucer at them. They've already seen it. But the way I took it, and I could be wrong, the way I took it, these were humans that colonized in space. It was not Federation. It's not under Federation jurisdiction, but they're accepting our help, and they just so happen to live in a 21st century Midwestern town by by choice. But I could be wrong. Okay. Eric, you want to weigh in on anything? Not in regards to that, but, like... We got to go place these rocket thrusters on the saucer section to get it to move correctly. And like, no human can do this. Like, I'm not, I like, I, I don't have a problem with Spock being the guy to go because it's a science mission, right? Placing them in the, but like, Spock's being a little arrogant here. Like, no human could possibly do this. Like, why not? Yeah. You're just you're just gonna travel through space in a in your spacesuit and go put rocket booster things on on a saucer section. Like that's not like the hardest thing to do. Like obviously you have to make sure they're in the right spot, but like no human can do this. It has to be me. I know we only, we only saw two of these like retro rockets being placed on the saucer portion. That doesn't seem like it's enough. Well, like with that, that mass. Just because we only saw two doesn't mean they didn't put more than two. I would hope they put more than two, because like I'm not a scientist, but like <laughs> there got to be at least five. <laughs> I'm just saying. So yeah, we we do the thing. We we get Spock all Spocked up, and you know he's a rocket man over yonder doing his thing and uh, we while we're you know headed over to the Cayuga we got we decide to go look a little bit more in depth at what's going on in the Cayuga and there's a lot of dead folks and there's one person sleeping one person in a pocket of oxygen gee I wonder who the one person that wakes up is is it Jean-Luc Picard (laughs) Is it Boimler? No. It's 
Christine Chapel. See? She's safe. No threat at all. And also conveniently, like, right next to her in a pod is a is an EV suit of her very own. Fits her perfectly. She didn't even have to look for it. It's just there. Yeah. It's amazing. And she sees her, her ex just flying by with some of them retro rockets. Fuck, help me. Help me. <laughs> But she yeah. also notices. She also like kind of understands that the, they're gonna. The saucer is gonna be crashed. Like she figures that out. That's, so that's why she's got to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And um, in her um, journey to uh, get out in her amazing-looking uh, space flight suit, um, there may or may not be a lizard that's hanging around. Little lizard king, little lizard warrior, um, hanging out in the rafters. That dude is huge, by the way. Well, and he was just like, he's just like in the, he's up in like the, the ventilation. No big deal. He's just trying to hack the system, man. He doesn't have the command codes though. Command codes. Invalid command code. What do you mean invalid command code? Password. 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 <laughs> Uh, you, know, you know, I also found it weird that this Gorn, he doesn't have, like, a space suit, but he's got, uh, like, a mask on his face. Like, he can't breathe in space, but his body can survive in space. Yeah. It, it kind of seems, like, a little off there. Well, it does. And that's why we didn't use the nitrogen grenades, because apparently the cold of space is just, it's, it's not, it's not there. It's fine. It's warm enough. Are these Gorn like reminding all too much of the uh, like the aliens alien also yeah like alien from aliens and also the aliens in a way from Pitch Black? <laughs> God, I haven't thought about that in a long time. I do you like keep that. what you kill. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So let's just go ahead and talk about the Cayuga. Like what happens on the Cayuga? So we do a little first contact spacewalk, right? We got to get the stuff placed and whatnot. And just as we're about to place the last thing, Raggy, and um, there's our there's our boy. There's Bubba. He's ready to, to you know hang out with Spock. Hey, hey, let's let's dance. The the slowest space fight scene. Yes, a real space fight would probably be slow, though. Exactly. No, it's true. I was just sitting there. It was just kind of, it was just kind of funny to watch, you know. And uh, yeah, so they're they're fighting, and uh, Spock loses his his little phaser. Uh, I don't know if it was like one of them special Gorn phasers, but he loses his phaser. And Chapel notices what's going on. Chapel gets the phaser. I think tries to do something. Doesn't really work. And she she shoots it. I think it's just a normal phaser, though. Yeah, but yeah. like, uh, yeah, this like, uh, you I, you talk about alien. I just the image popped into my mind, like how it like comes down behind Spock and it's like the tail. It's like yep, that's like a direct alien scene. Yeah, I just that yep. just image just flashed into my mind right here. Like, it's behind! It's behind! Mm-hmm. Exomorph. Is that what they're called? Exomorphs? 
Xenomorphs. Xenomorphs, I'm sorry. Xenomorphs. There's an X in there. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine, guys. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like, we end up, like, what, stabbing, like, his little, like, space helmet, and he he's turns into a Gorn. He's choking out Spock. He's like, I'm choking you. How'd that go again? <laughs> choking you. Choking. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually turns into a Gorn sickle and floats away, and he lives happily ever after. Yeah, not like not like a picky thing, but actually like getting that through because like you're dealing with space, but actually like getting that piece of metal through the visor, would it really have been that easy to do? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because those things are probably designed for like little micrometeor impacts and stuff. Yeah, but even even if it's just like whatever, I mean, glass or something, space glass. But just like the force necessary to like really get that through, I don't know. It just seemed a little uh, convenient, I guess. But yeah, it's fine. We have this like realistic space battle where we're like slow motioning, and then all of a sudden it's like whoosh, crack done. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So we we. While this is going on, like the Cayuga, so the Cayuga um, doohickey, the saucer section falls perfectly where it needs to. So the thing goes away, right? Like the dampening field, all that stuff goes away. So all our functions that we normally have are A-OK and back to normal. But back on the planet, there's still a few things that are going on, right? Like, so we're, we're, you know, Scotty and company are trying to um, to work on something, and while that while that thing is being worked on, like we need to lift some stuff, put the wire stuff here, and you know whatever. Yeah, but before there, that, Pike like, is like, I'm going out by myself. You know, I, I don't need anybody. I'm going out by myself. I'm gonna go blow up this thing or whatever. Like, dude, no, you're not. Like, that's dumb. Like, have you seen a horror movie? Like, we gotta stick together. True. Anyway, he, Scotty and Patel, Patel join him right, yep. on this on this mission. And while they're in this like cavern, oh, random room shop barber shop is that what it oh, is? Oh, okay, yeah, you're still. I, I think they moved to a different thing. It's, it's like there's somewhere. Yeah. And there's a baby Gorn that comes in like it's about to get him, and mm. just walks away. And it's pretty obvious what, what? That's in the shuttle. So that's in yeah, Scotty's in shuttle. shuttle that they crash landed in. Yeah. And it's yeah. pretty obvious to anyone watching why the Gorn just ran away, even though Pikes can't seem to figure it out. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. it's not that hard to figure out. He's not gonna Patel's going to be a baby. mommy. He's not going to kill his little baby eggs. Yep. Patel's going to be a mommy of a lot of Gorn. Maybe. You know, this is my choice. Just like Hammer made his choice. Hammer didn't allow me to help him, right? Let me help you here. Which I actually, I really like that. Yeah. Like Hammer really, like I know David was really critical of of that scene where Hammer basically just gave up, and it it doesn't fit with what we think of Star Trek as having this hope that we can we can solve problems. 
Like he's like, Hammer did not give me a choice. Like, I, I let me help you. We can try to figure this out. We can try to yeah. so we can put you in stasis. We can freeze you. We can get our doctors on it. Like, don't just give up here like Hammer did. Um, so yeah, they, after a lot of arguing, um, she kind of gives in, um, for the most part. And it's at this time that the stories are truly coinciding now at this point. Like we know that everything's back in order and it's like beam us back. Right. So we have like Spock and Chapel that are beamed back, like beam us basically directly to sick pay, bay, bay, beam all these other people to the ship. Like, let's get the heck out of here. Yeah, and and the, the, the refugees, that didn't look like a Star Trek transporter at all. No. It's like something fishy's going on there. Right, because we see them Star energize on the planet and back up on the ship. It's not the same people. It's it's Pike and Patel, Patel and, and Scotty. Like, yeah, yeah. Did we do the old switcheroo rope-a-dope on us? <laughs> How'd that go again? Rope-a-dope? <laughs> you, do you know what the rope-a-dope is? I'm okay. just trying to be funny. I am the greatest. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> we're there. And we got to get Patel straight to, to sick bay. Chapel's there. Like, sorry, you just got back. I know you just kind of were kind of dying over there, but uh, time to work. So we put Patel um, behind like a little um, stasis field in case things go sideways. And Chapel's not going to give up on her, going to try and help as best as possible. And we're uh, trying to find. Pelia, Scotty. Runs into Scotty. Yeah. Yep. Right. This is my fix best this, student fix with the worst thing. grades. Fix this thing yeah. and get it to work. Yep. The two of you, go. Do it. You know, I don't think they're making any more short treks, but I just kind of want a short trek with Pelia, like having like a an academy reunion where she just like digs into like her past students, like for having crappy grades or something. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that that'd be great. That'd be a great episode. Class reunion, something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Pike to the bridge. We've got four Gorn ships, more of them, more warp signatures incoming. Right, evasive yep. maneuvers. Um, by the way, um, Captain Transporter's not currently picking up anyone on the surface. Wait, what? Look again. No, 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 no. Seriously, look again. They were just there. Uh, we read no human life signs on Parnassus Beta. Sorry about you. And uh, so, yeah, we have explosions going on outside. We can't find our people. Um, the colonists in the landing party appear to have been beamed up by the Gorn. Oh, my. And, by the way, um, that guy that has a beautiful baritone, by the way, he has um, ordered us, Admiral April, to, uh, for an immediate withdrawal. So... Yeah, so, but he sir, made uh, that, gave that order without knowing that our people were beamed up by the Gorn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's important. Mm-hmm. He's not just saying, 
abandon our people because he would never do that, right? He gave the order before he knew the full situation. Yep. So we have the captain hearing captain over and over again. And then we get the thing that every 90s Trek fan hates to see. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Interesting no. choice, man. No, no, like Star Trek in, didn't invent the cliffhanger, but like the next we generation basically it. popularized it and made it like the thing to do with the best of both worlds part one. So like, I know there's a lot of internet people out there complaining about this cliffhanger, but like this is this is Star Trek for this good is reason. What it does it cliffhangs and it does it effectively at big moments of tension, just like this right here. So this is this is classic Star Trek writing. Now I know that there's there's that this new era of Trek hasn't really done the cliffhanger. It, like it's it's done like the last scene to like sort of like set up the next season but the storylines have all been like wrapped up in the series finale and then oh here's one little scene to give you like a little like okay here's where we're possibly going next season well that's why i said it's kind of a bold choice because like I, I mean yeah you're right obviously i thought directly back to tng and and you know having cliffhangers and stuff and it's, it's like wow yeah they that's a bold choice for today's tv yeah it is now for for yesteryear obviously not i mean that this would have just been the standard but it obviously like it shows that they have a lot of confidence in the show and then the potential success for the next season because i know I, I, no go, go ahead keep going keep going keep going no i, I was just saying it's like I, I think a lot of the wrap up we've been seeing in modern Trek is like maybe it's not they're not confident enough in the shows that they're going to seriously order the next season, whether it's shot or half shot or any of that stuff or not. So, I, I mean, I think it shows a market confidence, which I appreciate because, I mean, we've we've all had really great times with Strange New World so far. Mm-hmm. We have. I was going to say that there have been some people on the Internet complaining how do you make a cliffhanger during a writer's strike when we have no idea? Well, it's because this was written in film before the writer's strike happened. Yeah. It's like, but it does, it does leave you like, whoa, like, is it going to be like two years before we know what happens? Like, cause that could be a real possibility at this point. It could be like, we went yeah. two years between seasons one and two of Picard. Like we're going to go basically two years between season four and season five of discovery right are we gonna have to wait two years to know what happens next that talk about a cliffhanger right yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh i was reading um i read a few things and i think the the prevailing idea about um season three of, of strange new worlds which has already been ordered by the way like they were set to start filming I think around April or May of, of 2023, um, just in case anyone's listening to this in the future. Um, <clears throat> the, the prevailing idea as it's emerging at this time of recording, it's that, um, you know, they had most of the script uh, written for like, I think an episode or two of um, 
of um, of, of the beginning of season three. So like the the conclusion of this, basically. But if the the strikes, like with SAG-AFTRA and um, Writers Guild, aren't taken care of, or aren't you know, whatever, there's not a solution in the next like month or so, then we are looking at 2025. But if it is resolved, there's a very good chance that we could be getting season three of this show, maybe holiday of 24. But that that's a stretch. Like, especially knowing where they're at right now, at this point, it, it's really looking like it's going to be 2025, like for real. And a lot can Which happen sucks. in that time, though. I mean, even things that you consider safe could go bye-bye real quick. It's happened. You know, it's happened with popular series uh, in the past, too. So you never want to be too confident about it. But, I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed the, the cliffhanger getting back to that. That was kind of a it was, it was, it was neat. Yeah, my jaw was on the floor. I know Chase sent me a text message the day came. He's like, that ending, oh, or the ending. And I was like, I haven't seen it. He's like, sorry. <laughs> well, it's really, it's really just okay. Don't worry about it. Just watch it. He's like, sorry. Well, I know how he is about like anything like leading up to an episode. I know. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't watch it that morning. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Well, that's it for the sophomore season of Strange New Worlds. And it makes me really sad that this is going to be one of the last times we talk about it for a good chunk of time. I mean, apart from like a retrospective we're going to do eventually. It's, un- it's unfortunate, but that is the yeah. reality that we are living in right now. 24 yeah. was off the air for a whole television season. All right, guys. Well, y'all got anything else you want to say before we uh, evaluate this sucker? Yep. All right, cool. Well, um, let's go ahead and get right into uh, the Delta, see how well the different divisions of Starfleet uh, service, divisions, whatever, were uh, represented in this season finale of Strange New Worlds. So, um, David, what are you thinking, man? Um, also, we're not just doing group chat on this anymore. <laughs> We can do group chat. I'm okay with group chat. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. What, individual think, group chat. I think you really see like operations like all over the place. Oh, sure. Like communications, engineering, it is there. And if you say it's not, you're not watching the same episode I'm watching. It is there, hands down. Um, let's see, science. What are we doing with science? I mean, we're definitely doing engineering as well, right? Like yeah. Scotty builds his machines, right? The rockets on the saucer the section, calculations the going section. into that. Yeah. That, yeah. That's science, yeah. right? I mean, figuring out like how to orbital the, mechanics, the orbital that we mechanics call it? to mm-hmm. drop the the saucer section in the correct place. That's science. What about like the what about like the coronal mass ejection being like part of something? If they would have expounded on that a little bit more and made it more of a focal point, absolutely. Which I assume is what would be in our second half. 
right. for for our you know our, our next part of that i mean that that could be a huge scientific thing if they flush it out I don't know that it was crazy strong here. It was just kind of like, oh, I figured out the lights and then the, maybe this and that. And then, you know, it was just more more of the, the beginnings of it. So, mm-hmm. 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 But you have a little bit of medical science, I guess. A little dermal regenerator, a little stasis field, you know, trying to stop little eggies and stuff like that. So it's very light. It's like a little sprinkling. Yeah. You have... Um, Sam doing his Zeno <laughs> stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more loose. Sure. Like it's, it's just, it's there. Like the outline of it is maybe there, but like, it's not fully realized. Um, command. What, what do we think about command division? I mean, like, I think Pike starts like the conversation, right? Like no assumptions. And like, even Una saying like, remember your training type of thing like reminding and, people to go back to like what you learned how you were trained and and I think stuff. Una like she's she's you know she's um basically she's giving Spock a pep talk right she's like hey we she's there we don't know we don't have the information right she's trying like a good a good leader will keep the spirits up of the people that are underneath them and I think she's doing that here and I think I think you know, we get to see Una really in charge of the Enterprise, which we haven't really gotten to see. Yeah. I, I think even like Pike with Leon a little bit when he's trying to be optimistic about things like, hey, maybe there is another solution to this or maybe there is another cause or something. Whereas, you know, a lot of like effective like leadership is knowing your people. So pushing that point with Leon is not going to necessarily come to any good, but saying it at least can plant the seed for a little hope as well, which I, th- I think isn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing. But then, you know, you could also talk about Pike and never wanting to leave somebody behind, taking on great risk, despite basically being told to be an observer in this case. It's like, look, I'm going to disobey some orders here, but it's because we we don't leave people behind. So those are, I mean, that's a good good characteristic of that. So he is making decisions that, you know, didn't fully come to fruition. Obviously, we lost some people along the way, but, you know, he, he's, he's still out there being true to who he is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it seems like the general consensus is that maybe it's all there. But, like, it's... But we really need to see, like, part two to really make a more informed decision of how it does play out with some of these things. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Yep. Okay. It's going to be a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's roll into... Uh, the evaluation for this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing, how in the world do we rate this episode? Um, We'll start with David this time Okay Um, so I think that they told a very effective story here and you you guys know I'm I'm pretty um, I'm pretty soft on uh 
you know, two parters, the, the first part of a two part, whether that's, um, kind of a, a an in season story arc or, uh, a, a season finale into the next season. But, you know, I, I think, uh, I think we did have a lot more of just like Pike centricness, which I appreciate because I, I have been kind of wanting to see that all along. Um, you know, we still have Ahura, you know, coming up with ideas, you know, we're meeting Scotty, which I didn't mind at all. I mean, we, obviously there were some points brought up about that, but like that seemed fairly natural to me. Um, I am pretty done with the Spock and Chapel will they, won't they thing, because we know they won't. Um, so I, I could be over that at any point. We still sort of have that kind of like hanging on to something that just could have probably been done a couple of episodes ago and it would have been fine. Um, but, you know, it th there's a suspense that's built here that like kind of makes you worry. Now you have some bulletproof characters. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, we have Battelle who is obviously in some trouble here. She's effectively out of action. But do we use her as sort of like a sacrifice later? Like there's no hope, so she's going to do something epic. Or do we fix her and actually use science and like, you know, figure out sort of a happy solution? Do we get all of our crew back and, and our colonists back? Um, you know, are we potentially going to sacrifice any of them for, for some reason, rationale or one or the other? Um, so I think, I think that the suspense of this was built up really, really nice to where I don't necessarily need to be like super reserved on a rating. Um, because I, I really, I really enjoyed myself. Like I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, cause even like some of the episodes that I really liked this season, I nitpicked a bit and I, I mean, I nitpick everything. <laughs> I nitpick things in, things in this show too. Me and Eric almost had a had a brawl about, you know, some orbital stuff that Neil deGrasse Tyson likes to talk about. I don't know what that nerd <laughs> stuff is, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think there's the the right sprinkling of everything that Star Trek should be in this episode, um, and I don't want to like be crazy about it, but the the number that stuck in my head, I think, is what I'm gonna just stick with, and I'm gonna say an eight point eight. Eight. Highly, highly uh, contingent on the conclusion, though, because if the conclusion doesn't live up to it, I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Let's remember that in our old age, two years from now, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Oh, good grief. All right. Um, I'll just go ahead and get mine out of the way, I suppose. So. <clears throat> hegemony. We have the Gorn again, and part of me, in a slightly humor-esque um, humor fashion, is wondering if this is the episode that explains how the Gorn became upright, had weird-looking eyes, and wear tunics. So that they can, I don't know, just be the way that they are. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, I... I'm with, I'm with David on this that I did enjoy 
uh, this episode. Um, it is one of the few episodes that I really enjoyed, or, or generally enjoyed, uh, for, from this season. Um, I think um, they did a good job um, of, like, the beginning, the middle, and the end, but there were just some, like, questionable things, um, I think, for me, like, why are we making Scotty as young as he is, potentially, uh, knowing that this is where he needs to be in five years' time, which I've already talked about. So, like, that's just, like, a, uh, a nitpick. But I think they're setting up a good story, not just for for Pike and company, but, you know, I think especially for the, I, I'm hoping the future of, of this show and, um, leading it ultimately to connect with, um, with original series. Um, I really hope I just learned about this term from Eric, uh, I think like a week or so ago, but, um, I really hope they don't fridge, uh, Patel, but I kind of expect that they will. Um, the thing that I don't understand, unless, again, I just missed a detail, is if we're wanting to keep her safe and, you know, make sure that the Gorn babies don't come out of her arm or whatever, or her forehead or something, why not just put her, you know, in a buffer, right? Like, just hold her in stasis in, in the transporter like they did with Mbenga's daughter and do that. Or... Why not just filter out Gorn DNA? Like, just be done. Like, that quick. I'm just saying. Like, like why aren't we using the transporter to kind of, like, really make sure it's not a safety issue with the rest of the Enterprise crew now that she's on the Enterprise? Um, I don't know if I'm going to go as high as David on this. Um, I think there is a good start, but um, I do think that the eventual part two is going to also color this. And for right now, I'm going to probably go just a little bit more um, cautious with my rating. It's good. I like what I was seeing um, with like the interactions. And I think just for the heck of it um, and kind of like where I was coming in with this I'm going to have to go right now with an 8.3 uh, so that leaves good old Commander Eric my number one <clears throat> yeah I, I really enjoyed this episode it was it was entertaining um, I, I every show kind of needs its its new bad guy and I know the Gorn aren't new, but I, I do like the way we've sort of reinvented them. I know there are going to be some people out there that hate the reinvention of them because they're just like, how dare you change anything from any time? But like uh, the fact that we're learning more about them and they they seem pretty, pretty B.A. I know there's some copies of, of Alien and, and some other shows, but I, I enjoy the Gorn. I, it was a little curious that La'an wasn't really used in this episode. Like, they brought her down to the planet. Presumably she's the security officer. But, like, she's the one who has the Gorn backstory. Like, some history with them, but once she got down to the planet, she just all she did was have that one conversation with Pike, and that was it. It's kind of surprising to me that they didn't use her more. Maybe 
maybe they're waiting to pull her out in season in episode in part two i mean where she helps break the people out of Gorn captivity and then that'll be satisfying there um i don't know but i, I do think it effectively set up our next season you know season finales in the 90s were typically big um action-packed episodes um so i i it felt it felt like a good 90s episode in that respect it felt true to it um i enjoyed it i don't think i enjoyed it as much as david did and but he is right i think i think the rating will depend upon upon how this episode finishes uh, honestly i I think I'm gonna like split the middle between the two of you, right? And do like an 8.6. Okay. Okay, I see you, Eric. So, with that, uh, again, we have Commander Eric with an 8.6, Commander Dave with an 8.8, and myself with an 8.3. I am the bad guy with the low rating. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, that makes our average rating for this season finale, the season two finale, an 8.56, or just rounded up to an 8.6. It's not bad. It's not better bad. Than last seasons. It is definitely better than last season. I mean, last season's finale, the average rating uh, was a 7.5. So we're a whole point higher. So that's good. Yeah, but I think we're the outliers on... <laughs> I think if you look at most of the people online, like, our rating for last season's finale was off. <laughs> yeah. So what what's, what are the people of the internet saying about this finale? About this finale on IMDb, currently it has an 8.8 .8 rating. So not too far off. Okay. We're on par. Mm -hmm. But the season, on IMDb, the season one finale pull that up real quick uh, come on buddy thank you no stop <laughs> okay season one finale has a 9.1 rating on imdb wow. well i think that's just kirk I will say, and this could, of course, change, but slowly but surely, Paul Wesley's Kirk is growing on me. Like a fungus, but it's, it, he's growing on me. So, I'm just, I'm, I'm growing weary of, like, the Jim, I know I made the Jim Carrey joke, but I'm just starting to see it more and more, and... I'm just I'm growing weary of it. Like, okay, you don't like the dude, just move on. It's fine. But that's it, guys. We're 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 done with season two of Strange New Worlds, and um, I think this is all of our favorite current Star Trek show. You know, that's that's um, out. You know, like on the docket right now. So it's um, it's sad that we won't be able to talk about it together this particular show for a while but you know hopefully it'll, it'll come back in season three and it'll blow our minds i mean can you imagine what this show is going to look like when it grows its beard i mean it's already good but like growing the beard holy crap 
I mean, honestly, it's going to be tough to top those first six episodes. Yeah. Like, that's a one of the best, like, six-episode runs that Star Trek has had in a while. Maybe ever. Which one Which one are you talking about, Eric? The The opening six episodes of season one of Star Trek oh. Strange New Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be tough to top that. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I mean, we had a... a I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to the retrospective, whenever we do that. But, I mean, we had kind of an uneven, I think, experience, like, especially in the beginning. But it seems like it's gotten somewhat strong as we've kind of landed the plane on the season. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, up and down there in the beginning, and I think we're up right now. For the yeah. last few episodes. Yeah. Well, that's that. Well, before we uh, get out of here, uh, just for the heck of it, uh, we do have uh, what was formerly known as Twitter. A Twitter poll, an X factor, an X poll. We're working with the marketing team on this one. X poll. X poll. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> the, the family so, the family feud <laughs> so here's the here's the question that people got pulled on it was how many episodes for a season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds would you want in the future so how many episodes like what episode count would you like in the future for this show basically and the options were 10 15, 20, or 25. Okay, well, if they can keep quality up, I want 26, right? <laughs> Which is like the classic number yeah. from the 90s. Um, so I'm going to go 25. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love 25, too. I just don't know if they're capable of doing it anymore. But, yeah, I mean, that would be that would be excellent. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they were doing syndication, it would make sense to have, like, a 20 or 25 count, you know. But welcome to the, the world of, of streaming, where you don't have to worry about syndication so much. All right, let's go to the results. So... Again, question was, how many episodes for a season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds would you want in the future? Um, coming in in last place with 0% of the vote. 25. Wow. Yeah. Maybe people just don't have the patience, and that's not the way you do streaming these days. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Coming in in third place with 16.7% of the vote. 10. So people don't want 10. Or at least six, only 16.7% of people want 10. All right. Coming in um, in second place, our runner-up with one-third of the vote, 33.3% .3 of the vote. We have... 20 episodes, which means our winner with 50% of the vote is 15. 
I mean, I wouldn't be mad at 15. I think 15's a decent-ish run. Yeah, it's like a little bit more. Discovery room. season one had 15 episodes, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did, and that was forever long. It felt like. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, if they could pump out a, at least a couple more episodes, I think I think it'd be cool. You could even sacrifice doing some of these almost like hour-long episodes. You know, keep it a little tighter, 45. You know, mm-hmm. I think that would do do some good there but it it, it, i mean that's that's the way so much of it's went it's it's the sherlock thing everything's got to be hour hour and a half mini movies you know because people's attention spans Mm -hmm. as long as we don't do the sherlock thing where we're off for many years before we have a following season yeah heaven help us um but yeah that's that's that that's that that's the show guys and um, as always, thank you for, for your time and chit-chatting and talking Trek with me. And um, all you out there in listener land, you know, mark your calendar for uh, the TRTV Awards that will be coming out live on Friday, September 8th, uh, 2023. Um, but anyway, for those of you that are listening, you know, what would you think of the show? We'd love to um, hear your thoughts. You know, what's what would you vote or what? how many episodes do you want to see in the future? I know other, there's an executive producer, I can't remember the name, that wants more episodes um, for this particular show, not just 10. They're kind of sick of 10 themselves. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your opinions on the show and just the future direction of uh, Strange New Worlds and just, I guess, Star Trek in general. So if you want to get in contact with us, make sure you um, open up hailing frequencies and enter in coordinates to, to your TV pod at gmail.com. Of course, you can send us a voice only transmission 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three minute limit before weird things happen, um, or actually before a dampening field cuts off our communication, so be quick about it. Um, other than that, if you want to mail us something, like a Scotty ringtone notification thing that we can have, I don't know, I'm just making this up on the fly. Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.